0: Well, it's one of our essentials. We have to go to the beach, at least once every summer. Walk along the shore, watch our footprints vanish in the incoming tide, hear the oceans roar. roar. I know more than a few of you who have to make that same pilgrimage to Hilton Head or Folly, Wrightsville or Myrtle. So with your last summer trip to the beach in mind, let me share a story. It was early in the morning five years or so ago. I'd like to think it happened just as I came through the bowcatcher cut, there in that trough between waves of stone. It just makes for a better story. But A strong image broke unbidden. The love of God, a towering wave cresting full force into the world. Now this wasn't one of those body surfing waves that we catch on the Atlantic. This was a hundred foot monster. Those you see on TV where crazed lunatics just kind of drop in there and try to stay in that sweet spot and ride them all the way in. Utter chaos. I cannot overstate the contrast with my childhood images of God so loved the world but for some reason there on I-240 West, the gospel, that hope broke new and fresh. It swept over me in a way I had not experienced before. It didn't matter what I thought or agreed to. Heaven was not waiting on my okay. My proclamation couldn't hinder what was already happening, already roaring in. The love of God was just this, a tidal wave sweeping along and all I could do was drop in. Now, whether in Bible study or prodded by that sign that shows up at all of the NFL games, we run into John 3.16 like some well-worn bumper sticker. God so loves the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life it's easy to blow past those first five words and to strand salvation in my agreement. The whole drama can become, about, can become what I think depend on my yes for God's isolated swing through human history some 2,000 years ago in the person of Jesus. And it was this business of me in this drama that got swept away you can see why I started chasing Nicodemus and his encounter with Jesus. You remember the story. The Pharisees sought Jesus out by night, no sense making a big deal of this inquiry into what was already rolling ashore in Palestine. Nicodemus had heard about the signs, perhaps witnessed Jesus clearing the temple. Nothing could explain this but God's own presence breaking anew into human history. He had to know more. And Jesus did little to calm the troubled seas of Nicodemus' musings. The teacher cast out references to new birth and to spirit winds blowing where they will and bronze serpents raised in the desert. And though John's gospel reduces this to a single chapter, I see this question and answer uh, session going on through the night. Jesus offering story after story from Israel's love saga with god nicodemus flailing in the waves of this new kingdom tossing to and fro everything he knew that was a just for certain he was drowning in revelation now give me a little bit of latitude here for at some point i envision jesus taking poor nicodemus that frustrated babbling nicodemus into his hands and almost shouting a calming prophecy into the Pharisees' objections. You can imagine, look, Nicodemus, Nicodemus, look at me. God is so loving the world. God is so loving the world. It was this present tense kind of sermon. Without his consent, without his confession, holy tenderness held his soul, in the here and now the glory of God's vast unending compassion bore down on him but I wonder if if you caught the next scene Nicodemus breaking eye contact with Jesus not possible how could this sacred draw so near He, he doesn't know me I'm not worthy, and I'm not so sure I'm willing. As I caught Nicodemus, his questioning mug cradled in Jesus' hands, it seemed so clear that believing rested solely in holding the gaze of a Savior that was bent on loving him. And perishing, no delay to Judgment Day, it was as easy as looking away. I wonder if Nicodemus didn't just lapse into heavy sleep right there, still wondering about what this Nazarene spoke. What had he gotten himself into? These years of chasing Nicodemus and his encounter with Jesus have yielded this humble profession that I'm sure many of you have made. God is already loving me fallen head over heels for me cradling all i am within his gaze never breaking attention no matter my history or my hysterics my right living my shameful secrets can i perish certainly with any any given moment i can simply look away cast my hopes on my own devices my own creeds my own ways I can languish in well-rehearsed stories of shame. I don't have to wait. I don't have to wait for some everlasting breach somewhere out there in the future. All I have to do is look away. I wonder if even then, I wonder if even then, maybe like with Nicodemus, Jesus checks in on us, the way we do with our children late in the night, looks at us and breathes over us that same prayer. God is so loving the world, Nicodemus. God is so loving the world. Now, it would have been easier had we stopped right here. My imagination just run out of steam in this isolated encounter, this salvation of the singular. But just at daybreak, I saw Jesus sneaking up on Nicodemus the way he does sometimes, and grabbing him and shaking him awake and thundering, Nicodemus, Nicodemus, wake up. God is so loving the world. And out the door is Jesus down into the streets, his stride strong and confident. He had been the one to drive out the money changers, set Palestine awash in wonders. Where was he going? Nicodemus must have struggled to keep up, somewhat uncertain about following after this rabbi of his, especially so publicly. But there Jesus was, just ahead of him, moving through the crowded Passover streets without regard for clean or unclean, down by the pool of Siloam, insisting on touching leper and lame alike finding time for the poor lingering with women and the gentiles in the places in places truly shut out from the holy everything about jesus suggested that this word whosoever was exactly what he meant a literal translation could Nicodemus tolerate such openness? Could his faith survive God's reach, this unconditional embrace? I felt the desire as I watched him to rein in Jesus, to, to usher him down some side street, to halt this outlandish display of intrusive holy love. Perishing? All Nicodemus had to do was step back, keep a safe distance, insist on a less offensive. Savior, and this may be the most unsettling good news of all. I mean, there are rules, aren't there? We've got to have limits to outreach and the boundaries of heaven's affection. I know God so loved the world, but did he really mean them? I'm not so sure I'm comfortable with this whosoeverness we can be such kindred spirits with Nicodemus. When Jesus leaves the confines, we deem saved and secure, filled with all the warm fuzzies of faith, we shout, no, no. And sometimes we even turn around. We flee into perishing, just as Jesus rounds a corner with grace. Someone told me once that preachers need to step on our toes a bit leave us with some good old-fashioned post-worship guilt. Well, here's somewhere to start. Jesus is not content on saving the people on our list of truly deserving. He is in it for the world. In July, we took the Blackmonish clan, that's what we call ourselves, to Topsail Island our granddaughters are just old enough to get into building sandcastles. Lots of dig- digging, strategizing on the shapes of walls, needed to hold back the incoming tide. You know the drill, but it never worked. No matter the gentleness of the waves, every best effort, well-laid plan, ingenious design, all of it just got washed away. That's my invitation for us this morning, give it up. It won't work. Whatever my or your personal arguments for being unlovely or unlovable, they will not survive the next surge. No matter our certainty about God's plans for the lives of our child, our neighbor, a friend, or even a stranger, those absolutely certain they will be lost in the swells of holy yes it's becoming that incessant for me high and low tide coming in and out the spirit seemingly offering this prayer over me in the night god is so loving the world God is so loving the world. In the bright noonday, I see the face of Jesus intruding into the world of money and more, butting in where grace is not proper or profitable, insistently merciful, full of grace, full of welcome. And perhaps our greatest sin is ignoring this Jesus who is already in our midst, already kneeling down just where we'd rather him not be, lifting up this prayer cresting wave just now breaking over us god is so loving the world in this year plus of nothing but abnormal routines of pandemic my early afternoons have been interrupted time and again at 1 p.m now i wonder how many of you did that mimicking fred rogers i, l- I? Love, four letters, you. That was Mac's invitation to us way back in March of 2020 to to place our hands over our hearts at 1.43 p.m. and to think of all those who've loved us so well and that we've loved. By now, my alarm has interrupted me 514 or so times. And so I do. I think of Susan, the kids, our grandkids, we've got pictures. I remember my mom and dad, the love they gave and grace for the moments when they just weren't on their game, friends and colleagues who take me warts and all. I wonder if we can deepen that practice a bit though and listen for Jesus' prayer this prayer that he lived and gave all to pass, to come to pass, just interrupt your day. Notice this living Savior that is beyond our control, his tenderness welling up in us, around us, even in dark valleys, cups running over. When we run into our joys, God is so loving the world. When we become our own worst enemies, God is so loving the world. When we face hard places of illness and loss, those empty places at our tables, the exhaustion of heading into yet another surge, God is so loving the world, ever-present, kneeling, offering this prayer. We lift our gaze a little bit and begin to see the world as Jesus sees it. The beauty of a child racing across the atrium in a day in the CDC. The sounds of a fiddle solo or a sonata played just right on Tuesday afternoons at AFTA. The rough, tired face of a guest who offers the gift of friendship when we give the simple gift of a bagged lunch. Laughter on campers and youth counselors' faces that first shine our children so often out ahead of us, leading us deeper into the faith. Jesus is there, whispering this prayer. And in the hard and harsh places, alongside the banks of the Pigeon River with homes and dreams washed away, along the Gulf Coast this morning, as Ida roars ashore, out in the streets of Kabul, in ICUs where neighbors struggle to breathe, God is so loving the world. But that's where we need each other here, right? I stand in some of those places and I can't see him. So I need you. And maybe we need each other to remember that we are truly beloved. Maybe there are days that only you can pray this psalm, this prayer, for the world, and, and I just can't find it on my lips. Maybe we have to come together around this table and take bread and cup and sometimes find enough energy to make his prayer our prayer and gather weekly in this place to lift our songs and praise. Because if we don't come together, going out into the world, his world is, is way too frightening. But if we do all of those things, then maybe, maybe we can attend with him to God's whosoeverness, ready to just see just how beautiful the people that we just don't get really are. To proclaim we all belong, we belong in the heart of God. And you remember those issues that make us so anxious? We wanna run away from each other, throw up walls of relationship, insist that we can't possibly continue this fellowship. What if we simply opened our eyes? Gave up our arguments? Didn't draw a line in the sand? What if we found him? There there he is. There's Jesus, he's already here. He's already kneeling. What if our hearts grew still and we heard his prayer and we let ours match his? God is so loving the world. God is so loving the world. What if we took up his everlasting hymn? I think God might change everything with or without our permission. Maybe he's doing so even now. Amen.